0: Amy, what's up? Not much guys coming at you with our last episode of season one for our podcast here. Well, we asked our followers online um a couple questions. What was the question Alex verbatim that you posted?
1: verbatim? I don't have that <laughs> written down, but it was something like what is the weirdest, best best bizarre
0: yeah, interesting
1: h- something what happened to you in twenty twenty
0: that people wanted to share, and we have like great responses. Um,
1: from our fans.
0: Yeah, from our fans and followers, from people like you listening in. And there were three reports of new babies.
1: I love that you say it like that. It sounds like we are like the weather. <laughs> yeah. So there's been three reports of new babies. <laughs> well,
0: that's a big deal, too, especially if it's your first. It's a cold
1: front coming in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're feeling a light chill from the eastern front.
1: Yeah, so some new babies. Um, We had a couple people have surgeries during lockdown which uh, you have no visitors at that time so add to that stress level
0: yeah uh, some of my international friends here were mentioning they had five hour notice to move to a different country which is pretty intense and even stories of being stuck in areas and then getting locked out of your country of residency so that's pretty wild times
1: and we have someone who wrote in that they got a new job, got married, and got three tattoos in one day. I love that. That's a I big think that's so cool.
0: Yeah. Also like super cool tattoos. Like I wanna know what their tattoos were. Maybe they were like captures of the year or
1: like the COVID nineteen yeah, image. Should, we should follow
0: up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's yours, Alex? What would you say? Best uh, I've, weirdest.
1: I've had craziest? time to think about this too. And I still don't 100% know, but I think maybe just finally, I've talked about it before, but going on antidepressants and seeing the big change it made, and I think the fact that it made such a huge change in my life was surprising to me because I always thought uh, it wasn't that bad. You know, like when I would get down, I would be fine again later. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. That's what I'd always tell myself. And to see how I feel now while on meds. It's a whole new world.
0: That's awesome. A whole new
1: world.
0: <laughs> Back to our karaoke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Amy?
0: Yeah, I'd say, um, I, like, I don't know if it's the best, weirdest, craziest, but I would say the biggest change in 2020 for me was definitely coming home to Canada during the spring break and then getting stuck here. And it's kind of been interesting living in limbo right now, but... I I found a lot of silver lining behind it as well so I don't know some people may say that was the worst thing I I wouldn't say it's the worst I wouldn't say it was the best it was probably just the it is what it is yeah like I've just and I've been really grateful and enjoying that time with family and friends so as odd as it is I would say there's been some blessings with that along the way
1: that's great so this episode coming at you is definitely a mixed bag.
0: Um, a mixed bag tied with a bow.
1: Yes. So I, I think it's inspired by a couple different things. Amy and I have really great conversations. We had a really good one the other night. Um, and I always think we should be mic'd up when that happens because we can never quite recreate the mm-hmm. the full passion, you know, that's there. So we decided to do kind of a debate style segment that has some Christmas themed things and fused with just some
0: on brand topics and conversations. So we have like six questions that we're going to come together and we kind of split them up if we were just going to share our opinions and then we challenged each other to kind of debate back and forth some of these topics.
1: Never been in a debate. I've only seen it on TV.
0: You will crush it because you're very good at communicating your point point. Um, I hope so. But yeah, so we have some Christmas to like infuse and enhance your Christmas day. But mm-hmm. also some topics that we found were kind of just interesting in general and and thought we would kinda come at you with a little mixed infusion of Christmas and
1: Life. Life You know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really just our whole journey.
0: (laughs) Does that even make sense? I'm just trying to
1: really add it in there a lot. I
0: love journey that has caught on so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, enjoy this episode, last episode of the year, and we are excited to come at you in the new year with so much more.
1: So we're starting off with our first one, which is the controversy around the Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Maybe you've heard of this before. Maybe you haven't
0: such as me, I have not heard the controversy around this song. It was literally last night that I discovered that people are not pleased with the lyrics behind this song. I did have to listen to the song to understand again. I Obviously, I know because I've grown up around it, this Christmas classic song. But Alex, why are people so upset with the frustration of the lyrics?
1: Yeah, so it just... The whole vibe of the song... Is definitely rapey and um, it, it really comes down to consent and how this song is not about consent and I know that there's controversy in the sense that lots of people think okay uh, it's a Chris- traditional Christmas song we listen to this why are we taking this away um, why are people so upset with this and I think if you do really listen to it there has that really like predator prey dynamic in the in the lyrics and the woman in the song resists the whole way through and I know sometimes people an argument for keeping the song is take it in the context of the time women at the time couldn't um, be openly saying yes I want to have sex and so you had to kind of be coy about it you know so the Mm -hmm. song of the time it was written in 1944 so taken in its time there I think we can understand that it wasn't meant to be rapey in 1944.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting because, like I said, I was totally unaware until yesterday evening. Um, But listening to it, I can see how the interpretation comes off very non-consensual, and it does almost seem dangerous at one point. Because at first, when I pictured the song, I pictured, I was like, oh, somebody's walking outside, it's cold, and then the stranger lets them into their home, And then once she's warmed up, she's ready to go again. But then there's all this suggestive
1: Well it's flirtation. Yeah. Like
0: But it goes beyond that. Like
1: then it says, What's in this drink?
0: Yes, that's where that's where I was like, okay, yeah, that is okay, that does sound kind of sketch too. But then I was like, also maybe she's
1: like, What's in this festive holiday drink?
0: (laughs) 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 I haven't had this one before.
1: But that's not the vibe of the song. He's not like, yeah. well, it's a twist of lemon. <laughs> and <laughs> a little cinnamon spritz, you know. <laughs> no, he's like, you should really stay here because I want to have sex with you. And she says, no, thank you. But he really forces it. Yeah. That's paraphrasing.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I think I I agree with people who maybe are like, hey, let's take a second look at this. Um, This is kind of disturbing. And like... Maybe we should eliminate these lyrics. Um, I still feel like it's not as disturbing to me as um, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Because as a <laughs> okay. child, I was quite mortified with that one. And I was like, why would my mom ever cheat on my dad with Santa? Okay. So yes. I was way more, as a child, very concerned about that song.
1: I'd like to boot that out, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think moving forward uh, and... And, you know, consent being such a big part of that experience that, yeah, this song historically can kind of be eliminated over time. And
1: I think there's a lot of resistance from people for eliminating this song. But when I think about it, this is a point I kind of want to drive home. In 1944, was this an issue then? Not necessarily. It had that flirty kind of back and forthness to it. But 1944 is a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. So when we're listening to the song in today's society, with today's culture and um, opinions and like, how we live our lives now, it really perpetuates that predator prey, like I say, and that consent isn't important. And I think subliminally it tells us that. Mm-hmm. And I think a really good uh, way to drive that point home is that there is this artist, the set of artists that changed the lyrics to be for Consent. So Lydia, Lisa, and Josiah Lament wrote, um, it's really good. You can look it up on YouTube, and it's really cute. I like how it sounds, and you can just really feel how the energy of that song makes you feel actually comfortable and less like, ugh. You know? and, it, and it's funny, too. It like, is. It is funny. funny. So just the opening line, I'll just um, say that it's it starts with the same. I really can't stay. And then the man says, baby, I'm fine with that. And so <laughs> it, it really is more consensual. I've got to go away. Baby, I'm cool with that. Yeah. It, it just I would feel way more comfortable in that situation than yeah. if I'm saying I have to go and they're like, check your drink, I've date raped you, you
0: know? For sure. I think too, like, you know, for people such as myself who were really unaware of, you know, the subliminal messaging that was occurring or the movement that was happening back in 2018 when people were, you know, kind of questioning the lyrics of this song. um, We just know it as maybe a Christmas classic, but it's worth a listen to interpret for yourself Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, question yourself like oh what is the message here yes and you know
1: and listen to those two songs back to back yeah it was and then really see fun. how you feel <laughs> with the energy off of the two different ones and i think that really like yes closed for me
0: yeah i agree i think like listening to the classic again and then listening to what is it just called baby it's cold baby o-
1: it's cold outside and you just have to look up lydia lisa and jo- josiah Lemansk.
0: okay yeah and listening to together you were like oh yeah that definitely like That's just a better home run win for what this song was trying to capture. So
1: So it sounds like we kind of ended up on the same opinion. We did. There we go. That happens a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our next one is more of a debate style question. I guess it's a straight up debate. We were assigned a group. It's Gen Z versus Millennials. We're going to argue which group is better I was assigned Millennials, and Alex was assigned Gen Z.
1: So we are technically both Millennials. Yes. And uh, I just have a huge admiration for Gen Z. I do want to say two things. One, in Canada we said Zed. So, but I don't think it sounds great if you say Gen Z. So <laughs> I, I do say Gen Z, just as like a grade one teacher. I just feel like I should disclaim that. mm um, number 2 this reminds me of the books that my students love to read which is I think it'll be animal versus so it'll be Komodo dragon versus viper. Yeah. And then you have to read the whole thing and then at the end it says which animal's stronger. So I feel like we're like Gen Z versus millennials. Who will win? Ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Amy. Okay, well, Why do millennials rock?
0: Millennials rock. Not only are we both millennials, as mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we're age category 23 to 38, for those of you that don't know. So that's uh, 1981 to 1996 people born in that generation. We are the best because we have paved the way for Gen Z. We have also made a ground movement of identifying mental health and really selling and learning more about our well-being which millennials are also known for a huge movement in self-improvement so they're really good at you know reading up on their material and also uh, having improvement and growth we're politically active so we're heavily involved in both voting and heavily politically active Um, we are you're gonna love this one Voracious readers, mm, millennials. And I sure am. And in fact, we visit the public library more than any other generation.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: That's great. It said that millennials actually read more books than any other generation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. And right now, we're the largest representation in the workforce currently. Okay. So I think we have greater problem solving skills as millennials.
1: Okay. As a Gen Z advocate, what I'd like to say about millennials is that just this is this is the things that I see on the web, you know, there's a lot of Gen Z making fun of millennials for different things where, yes, they're trying to sort out their mental health, but here they are in their 30s still like not got it figured out, you know, and Gen Z is here like, oh, here I am 16. And I've got my mental health sorted out. Gen Z just leading those political movements. They care about climate change. Just like at Greta Thunberg, like huge advocate, 2019 person of the year. And so I feel like millennials say they're all that and want to be all that, but they are like Atlas, you know, that Greek God who has the weight of the world on his shoulders and they can't move because of that and so they want to be everything that Gen Z is. That's what I that's the vibe I get. Is millennials look at Gen Z and they're like, that's what we wanted, but here we are with these boulders on our shoulders and we can't quite move. So, I think that Gen Z has like a huge voice and individuality. They've grown up in this diverse world where they are confronted with a lot of things that we learned in our 30s and they're learning it at a younger age.
0: That's interesting. On a rebuttal.
1: Okay. <laughs> no do. Um I think I like that
0: metaphor where you're saying that they carried the weight. I think well just hearing it I out. I gave a
1: great point to your your debate. Yeah, seven, yeah you did
0: actually. Yeah, I was like that is a great image because I do think we the generation before each time is kind of making waves but our waves are going to look different in each of those generations and it's going to affect the younger ones after. So it is actually really cool. Uh-oh, I'm converting here. I was no. going to say it is really cool to see them be able to take the millennials ideas and just go with it already. It's like yes. it's like the heavy lifting has been done and now they can go out there and do all these radical things that are really shaping the world i still think though millennials like if you think about movements like black lives matter and different like protests that are happening it's still being led by millennials but it's like the gen z that are like advocating like they're you know it's like the millennials created the corporation and the millennials or sorry the gen z's are coming in and like working for it making sure and like making it even better yeah
1: they're like they're like millennials 2.0 Honestly, I think when you you look at these two generations back to back, I think if you're like Gen Z versus millennials, I think there's no real way for millennials to come out the winner with there's just too much like boomers shitting on us yeah gen z shitting on us because we say things like doggo and use the crying emoji and i'm like that why do you need to come at me like that you know what i mean we we just can't win we try to be hip we're not woke enough for gen z we try to be hip we're too woke for the boomers like there's just Mm, you know yeah
0: it's like i would say it's like middle child syndrome it's like was like you're actually just the best but you're gonna get it from both angles
1: yes you know
0: because you know if you had a boomer meet a gen z you know that's just like conflict because it's too far off the spectrum from each other yeah but it's like the millennials understand both worlds they're like left right like we get it but now we're just this bridge that's connecting yes and or like building the base you know we kind just of thing. have
1: all these avocados on our shoulders and we <laughs> just can't
0: win. <laughs> totally. But, like, also, smartphone movement. Millennials. Yeah. All millennials. Like, social media platforms. Millennials. Gen Z can use it better, though. Sure. Again. But we made... Anything we can do, they
1: can do better.
0: (laughs) Okay. It's like that song. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. But it's also, like, they couldn't have done it without us. Correct. Yeah.
1: And they're not giving us that, like, clout. But at the same time, you're welcome, Gen Z.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Like...
1: Did I just debate incorrectly? (laughs) I
0: know. I think we're both, like... We're like, we can't do one with the other. But it's also like, it's almost like a proud older sister. We're like, yes. hey, we did it. Okay, great. Now go and do even better. Mm-hmm. And then the with same. great
1: power comes great responsibility. Right.
0: It's like Spider-Man. the the hero that's not wearing a cape kind of thing. Millennials... Spider-Man
1: doesn't wear a cape.
0: Also Spider-Man. <laughs> also Spider-Man. Also Spider-Man. I thought you were going to try and slip in Tom Hanks there or something. Too. Oh, <laughs> I was like... No,
1: no, 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 no. Just what's the Tom that does Spider-Man? The other Tom. Oh, actually, I can't think of his name. I can picture him. He's a Gen Z. Is
0: he? Oh. I
1: think.
0: <laughs> don't quote
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I don't think that we would have won any debate uh, awards for that if we actually debated, but do we... Okay, who do you think is, like, the winner of Gen Z versus Millennials on the count of three? Oh. One, two, two, three. Three. Millennials! Gen Z. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. Okay.
0: I just think I'm like you. Really couldn't have Gen Z without millennials. Okay. So I'm what just came like first, the chicken or the egg. Exactly. Like, absolutely. Like okay. Gen Z would have never happened if millennials didn't happen.
1: Okay, but I still think Gen Z is the winner When you look at both of them, yes, we like paved the way, but here they are doing what we wanted to do. Mm. Okay. Well, <laughs> Amy doesn't believe that. I don't know. Well, we ended on not the same opinion
0: yeah like i'll give gen z they are pretty cool but i would say still like i think we're more of the found founders we're the foundation that gen z is built off of we're the platform
1: we we started the ball rolling yeah but i don't think the ball would have kept rolling if gen z didn't come along
0: 100 percent
1: that's why I think Gen Z wins because they're younger. They're ready. They don't have all of the weight that we have. Let's see them in 10 years.
0: I also want to see that. Let's okay. see what Gen Z is going to do in 10 years. Don't disappoint us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Opinion-based question. Black Friday, what's the deal? Do we love it? Do we hate it? Is it good? Is it bad? Yeah, I
0: uh, I know this is based on our own opinions, I personally don't care for Black Friday. I'm not a huge, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to wait till Black Friday. I know, I think historically it's it's had a bigger movement in the stateside companies, like with North American companies themselves. And I just... As
1: a kid, we didn't have Black Friday. No.
0: Like... And now it's like this taken off thing. I'm also not really, sorry, not to get off topic, but like, I'm also not a big fan of Boxing Day either. I think it's so mm-hmm. silly. I just think it's just one commercial holiday that's built, not really even a holiday, but it's a commercialized shopping event, spree. Yeah. yeah. Event, shopping spree. It seems to work though. So that's the only thing. Like,
1: it, like yes and no. So I, I have, I remember learning about Black Friday in my sociology class. Not learning, about, I knew what Black Friday was before, but we would watch video footage of Black Friday in the States where people would trample each other, waiting Ugh. to get in. People, like, there have been people die in a stampede of humans. For, like, for
0: purchased goods.
1: 10.99 sales, yeah. you know? Like, but... I and and then looking at I mean they're saving 10.99 who knows yeah I was <laughs> like that's a pretty good sale too <laughs> Amy's like I'll be right in there <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know it's interesting because of not really growing up around black friday and and sales I remember there were sale times you know back to school sales and things like that growing up but I feel like now whenever I go to the mall There's always some sort of sale thing going on. Is it really a sale or are you just wanting to get me to go into your store?
0: Uh, I just think like uh, as a natural sale shopper myself, I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, if you're comfortable paying that price, that's great. If you think it's too expensive, like save up for it or maybe do a little more waiting and watching I know when I'm buying a bigger purchase like a computer, sometimes it actually is worth kind of hitting those back to school sales or so on because companies do cater to promoting a discount around certain times. So there is a benefit, but I just, I have to be honest, I don't really have enough patience to, when I need something, I'm kind of just going to go and get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think I've changed my mantra of like purchasing goods. I'm trying to live with less right Right. now and so to me i'm like you know even just doing christmas shopping this year it's like here's my list this is what i'm gonna go out (laughs) yeah Yeah. gonna find out who's naughty or nice um i'm just gonna go out and get those goods and as long as i'm comfortable paying the price that i've deemed fair i think that's a win for me
1: okay what do we think about um these companies, like huge corporations and things like Amazon and Jeff Bezos, getting richer and richer. Even in a pandemic time, we're putting all of our money in these huge companies, and lots of local smaller businesses are suffering because of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, do you want to answer? I feel like you have you have Oh sure. I ju-
1: I mean like it's hard because I I know that I am definitely like a consumer. Um I try to shop local when I can. Like I, I shopped local completely for my Christmas gifts this year. And I think sometimes I have guilt though, if I just order something on Amazon because of the co- convenience of it, or it's not available in this town. So I have a lot of guilt around, I shouldn't say a lot of guilt, but sometimes I do feel guilty. Like, should I do this on Amazon right now?
0: Right. And, sometimes... and then my
1: answer is yes,
0: it's convenient. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's, cheaper too. I know. Um and I think but then what are our priorities? Exactly. I think it comes back down to, you know, what is your intention that you're doing? You know, a lot of it's like, okay, well I'm buying this gift. Um I even think like being self-aware, like splitting it up, even if you're gonna purchase online, it's like, hey, like I actually can't get this one in my town or my area, so I'm gonna have to order this specialty item in. But if you can buy it from your town, like I'm all like it's mm-hmm. just as convenient, really.
1: Yes. If I can get it in town, 100 yeah. percent, even with the price difference, sometimes it's more expensive in town. Um, that that doesn't necessarily bother me because I know that I'm supporting. Exactly. My community.
0: Yeah. And that's been really huge, I think, throughout this entire time with pandemic. I know it's just really the big push to support these businesses. And as they, you know, are in this second wave as well supporting them even more so um because this is their biggest purchase time too and they're not going to be getting those numbers that they need to you know they're i think the stat the alberta government is even saying right now like 40 percent of these businesses are not going to survive and wow i didn't know that yeah that was in the address too and and they you know and so they were encouraging even in that announcement to make sure you support and reach out
1: Mm -hmm. where you can
0: in as an economic. Practice. yes
1: and and if you don't have the monetary funds to support local you can always be promoting it online uh, leaving a review on google and things like that also promote um businesses yeah as well.
0: huge yeah. those reviews really count too for them yeah. so that's good well black friday
1: could take it or leave it
0: yeah and and i probably, and just probably, probably say no. <laughs> should
1: leave it if it didn't exist, I wouldn't be mad. Mhm. And I know like going
0: back to it, I'd say too, like some of those fast companies we call fast fashion
1: mm-hmm.
0: can be very detrimental like their work environments for their workers not great. Yeah. Um and that's something I know a lot of the the following I do on Instagram as well talks about those movements pay, pay attention to these brands and companies because these are ones that are not doing great with looking after their employees or their well-being or even just payment wise on an international scale and so i do try and follow from that as well
1: yeah good all right well we're gonna end it on a christmas themed question and uh maybe you've heard this before but what do you think about keeping the christ in christmas in- <laughs> <laughs> I, I know i was like oh <laughs> christ, christmas. In christ-mas. christ in <laughs> christmas um we are doing it
0: as a debate style here. Um so I have for it and Alex has against it despite our mm-hmm. own personal beliefs. Right. But we'll we always like I said we come we come into this debate. Yeah, with... I think it's clear we were never on a debate team. <laughs> no. I was going to say we come in and then we make harmony at the end of <laughs> each of this uh, each of our questions here. So um I'll start off. Um so I have for keeping the Christ in Christmas. It is a Christian holiday. It's not mandatory for everyone to celebrate it here in Canada. We obviously promote these holidays. It's built into our statutory holidays within our Canadian calendar. And I think that's essentially from the majority of Canadians identifying as Christian or falling under the Christ umbrella. At about 55% of the religion that I looked up for Canada and then with the one
1: is that a statistic from
0: um from Pew research
1: from what year
0: 2018 okay yeah so about 55% falling under this umbrella and i think like i said there are people we obviously can identify there are different religions hindu muslim sikh judaism they are still living within canada and even though you know we're promoting this christian like holiday They get the time off still with our calendar. However, they're not mandated to celebrate it. And they understand, you know, the culture in Canada is with the majority at 55% being Christian, sorry, that these are holidays that are going to be recognized in our calendar. Um, This made me think back to my personal experience from being abroad in the UAE UAE, interesting enough, had about 80% of expats living and working in their country.
1: For our listeners, what's an expat?
0: An expat is somebody who gains residency into that country to work and live. So they're considered a resident for a term contract, usually about two years with your working visa. So there's about 80% of expats living in um, the UAE, meaning there are more outsiders than local insiders within that country and this was really important to them within their country that we celebrate and recognize all of their muslim holidays in their calendar school year and in the built-in country's calendar Mm -hmm. for these recognized holidays and it was interesting too because they could never state the actual day of those holidays occurring rather their holidays were based on the moon so we had to wait kind of closer to for the government announcement to come out but we could predict when they would actually land and fall and even though they had expats of different religions, they were really good at infusing these other religions and celebrating and recognizing, you know, Christian holidays and, you know, Hindu holidays and many different religions. And it was actually kind of neat because you almost got to celebrate all of these holidays. Mm-hmm because there was such a mix of occurrence like I was really I really liked the one Hindu holiday which was holy in the spring and it was so cool and I learned about it and I had a lot of Hindu students so I got to actually present on it but um, yeah the the students and the country themselves were really good at celebrating not only their own and preserving it but also other cultures as well so keeping the Christ in Christmas I think there's nothing wrong in promoting um, that. We often see, like, mangers and different symbols for Christmas here as well. And I think we're not forcing anyone to, inf- like, have Christ in their Christmas. There's other ways around it. If you're not comfortable, you can say happy holidays. You're still acknowledging somebody's holiday that they identify as well.
1: hmm No, I think that was really good. And I would love to see, because in Canada, we follow... Christian holidays mm-hmm. and I think as you say the statistic is 50% of the population is Christian um, 55? Sorry no, <laughs> according to a 2018 research um, <laughs> but also it go- I think it goes back down to like the roots of where this country was founded but I don't think we do a good job like you say the UAE does of incorporating all of these traditions I think we really only focus on Christian holidays in Canada even though we're made up of way more than just Christians. Mm-hmm. So that was just in my head. I was like, oh, that like sounds really awesome. And I wish we did that. And like, we're not even. But for me, um, Christmas has always been a time to celebrate with my family and be around family and friends and be thankful and grateful for the things that we have. And I don't, again, I'm not very strong in this, this debate ring over here, because if you want to keep the grace in Christmas, great. You go do that. If you don't, great that's fine too like just it's your time to celebrate the way that you want to or not celebrate
0: right i i you bring up a good point there alex of um you know maybe canada's not doing a really good job at celebrating and incorporating other people's holidays and i think it's like a numbers game too like i know there's parts of toronto where they have a bigger um population of different religious and cultural backgrounds whereas alberta we do in some of our major cities and maybe less and less scattered rurally. So I think like that is something to be self aware of for Mm -hmm. us, rural Albertans who might not know what Ramadan is, or we might not understand a Hindu holiday that's marked on our calendar. And it's, how do we expose people to that? I think, you know, celebrating other people with diverse backgrounds and, you know, if there's, they're doing a special acknowledgement on their workplace door or something, ask about it, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, what's this? Oh, that's Diwali. Oh, tell me more about Diwali. I've never heard of it before. And then they can help educate that as well. And understanding too, if you're a minority to share that with other people too. Like I love um, sharing Chinese new year every year with my students in the classroom and it is so fun for them. We have, it's always a blast. It's something I do. Um, to promote my heritage and culture within my classroom. And the kids love it. We get to learn what their year is and we read their Chinese symbol and then we celebrate which animal it is. And so when you have that diversity, I also think celebrate it with other people Mm -hmm. and open that up for them to experience because they might have never heard of it before. So
1: cool. Good debate, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing so good. We're good debaters. (laughs) (laughs) We got to work on that. (laughs) Thanks for listening. As you heard, we're not the best debaters, <laughs> but we're the best talkers. Yeah, the we best? do.
0: We are the best talkers. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we do enjoy um, spitfiring with each other. I think we even do a lot of self-discovery in those moments as well. And so hopefully you had some takeaways and maybe we made you think about these questions, you know, and your opinions about them as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow. Jar of questions.
0: Alex is pulling.
1: What's it going to be? Oh, you know, I was hoping we wouldn't get this one because we have the longest episode ever, and I think this will take some time, but how does one date during quarantine?
0: Oh, this is good. And we we got this one from a follower... Probably a month or two ago now, yeah. we opened it up to you guys to add more questions to our jar. How to date during a pandemic?
1: Man, I mean, can someone tell me how to date not in a pandemic? Because <laughs> like, I could use some pointers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to say
0: one thing that I really think has been beneficial is actually the connection our virtual social media and like Skype and Google Meet. Has offered so I think if you're meeting a complete stranger, you can still use dating apps, Hinge, Bumble, Tinder. Her, her, yes, and you can grinder.
1: Sorry, yeah. Oh yes. Thank you. Yeah. The not straight
0: ones. Yes, and um, you can still access people. Obviously, there's singles out there, and they're wanting to mingle. I think this is like a really. But it's
1: illegal. Yes.
0: (laughs) People, you will get fined. So um. Just doing it safely, kind of establishing maybe a text relationship, I think, is important. Then opening it up to a virtual
1: meet. That's the thing that... I haven't minded is meeting virtually beforehand has been a great way to kind of gauge mm-hmm. your energy Test the together. waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people seem a lot more open to doing it online right now because we can't do it in person as much. Mm-hmm. And now that it's winter in Canada it's harder, but I know that I did some, like, dates for walks in the park and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you gotta just get creative and if the person you're matching with is... Like up for it, Amy always thinks of these cool games and stuff, and I've done some games too where you like kind of do like game show type night and things like that. And I've I've had a few where I've a few. <laughs> what am I? I've been, like <laughs> like perpetually single. I've had a few. <laughs> all my suitors, but uh, meeting online beforehand, it kind of takes away all of that. Kind of awkward small talk first. So then, if you do go on your walk in the park, then you feel like okay, I already have established a bit of a connection with this person.
0: Mm-hmm. I know this is kind of tough because I know um, I know some males who are like, I'm not a big text back and forth with this person without like knowing what they're about. I personally I can understand that. It's like, do you want to invest all this time? I think obviously you need that launching pad to meet, which is through those app- applications, um, like apps. Sorry um
1: <laughs> the Not like of yeah. The Who that, yeah.
0: Like, Please send in your resume. Have you downloaded the application Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> but once you've established, like, okay, I'm going to meet this person. I prefer seeing people, so like, I find Google Meet's a really easy platform. Zoom, um, mm-hmm. FaceTime, like, I just, I think that's a better way to go about it.
1: This just came into my head, and we should do this. We should what? do a virtual group date.
0: Oh my gosh, with like four people?
1: Yeah how fun
0: be like interesting i hate i I honestly don't mind having like a conversation with one person i find like multiple people like when i have to do family zooms and stuff i'm like this is too much for me (laughs) and i also think i was just going to mention too i i think narrowing it down to an hour i think if you're going past that hour it's almost too long like you're really virtually yeah virtual dates i think I don't know and maybe you have lots to talk about yeah. or you want to watch a movie together and then like you both start at the same time or something I don't know I think that'd be a better time to text then right. but I find like keep the virtual like short and sweet like an hour max um and then it gives you some time to digest but you're at least seeing someone for face value but
1: like none of this has necessarily been succe- like neither of us has been successfully dating during quarantine oh no
0: no <laughs> <laughs> not so sure we're like again experts to field this question but i do think it's like a single question like singles ask uh, my other single friends are always asking about that too like oh how are you meeting people because i just feel like i'm even wasting away my days stuff too like how are you
1: getting out there meeting people we're not so it's just kind of like connecting with my friends i already have Mm -hmm. maybe we just need to be dating our exes (laughs) <laughs> hey,
0: that's something that's a next that's another podcast episode or another <laughs> what's up snippet because we could go down that road. Um, I have lots of feelings on that.
1: Um, <laughs> so do I, and we have
0: different feelings on that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, dating during the pandemic, like hang in there, guys, reach out like through social yeah, media. Amy and I
1: are single. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can catch us on Small Towns, Not Small Lines <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, but, yeah, reach out and, you know, take your chances through. Even if you're not a texer or a social media person, this is the, the situation Everyone's we're online. in. Everyone's yeah. online. Get online. And this is the situation we're in. So, like, you know, even if you're like, I hate texting, phone them. Yeah. Then. Sure. Right. Like, don't, it doesn't have to be texting every time, but you have to be making some kind of connection that's safe still in order to establish a relationship. And then, who knows, maybe, you know, when these rules get lifted once we all
1: get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> or the rules,
0: our numbers get better. So these regulations get lifted. Um, then it's, you've already had this connection. So then it's an exciting time to actually meet safely together. Mm-hmm. So stay hopeful, stay connected. That's mm-hmm. huge. We are so fortunate for all the technology we do have, so use yeah. it to your advantage.
1: Literally online, like, that's a, that's what we got.
0: Yeah. And Alex and I are both single, so... We, we are
1: single. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so um, just to, like, wrap it all up, we're single. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is actually just a point where you can submit your applications to us. Yes,
1: please. <laughs> I'm following our Instagram. We just took some real cute Christmas photos, so... Yeah. Um, We're single. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where I'm going to end it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate you. Happy holidays, friends. We hope you are staying safe, healthy, and connected. We're wishing you all the best for the new year. And catch our New Year's-themed episode January 1st. To leave you with our 2020 thoughts on our podcast, we can't wait until our future suitors find us via this podcast. And our last words are... We are
0: single. single.